G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our Eurovision form guide for 2019. We are kicking this series off. We've got a couple of episodes to get through, but we're going to go out with the big guns to start with. It is the contenders. Who are the countries that could win the contest in Tel Aviv? Yeah, let's talk about the big favourite style. And we have to start with the big favourite. Mm. Let's go with Netherlands. It's Duncan Lawrence with Arcade. Well, this has been the front runner for a long time. This has been the big favourite, mm. Duncan. Look, this is a fantastic song, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just so emotional. It's such quality. There's quality in the songwriting. There's quality in the vocal. It's it's hard for this not to seem like a favourite. Well, I mean, it's unusual for a song like this to be a favourite. I mean, we think about big, bold songs or something really different. And I guess the difference of this song is probably the quality. don't know what that says, what we're saying about Eurovision there. But no, I think it's the quality of the song. Um, it just it sounds like it could be anywhere and it could win a stack of awards. Um, his vocal is amazing. It's an emotionally touching song. There's a bit of a story there, lost love. And you can really feel that come through with it. And then also, they put a cracking video literally cracking you can see his bum crack throughout because he was naked in the fetal position and swimming around in the tank but it actually worked really well with the touching nature of the song and i think that really helped um elevate it up to such a favoritism right up to the competition i have to say netherlands have played their cards very 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 well here he's performed it live he showed he can do the vocals it's not the f- i was going to say it's probably the first real song of this type to have favoritism for quite a while we mm. i mean Obviously, Salvador won in 2017, but he didn't go in. He wasn't the favourite, no. Um, Okay, so let's talk about where we're at right now. Yes. Uh, It looks like, as far as staging goes, from what we can see from Tel Aviv, they're going for the intimate and quiet staging. I'm a little underwhelmed. Okay, well, look... I think Duncan himself, I think, emotes the song really well when we've seen him perform it live. Uh, My kind of um, issue with this song is him sitting behind. At the moment, it's a keyboard. It will be a piano at some point. That's no major spoilers here. Of some form. Of some form. And it's when you're trying to make an emotional connection, which is about that song, and he does do that really well, putting a barrier between the audience and him, I don't think is a great idea. I think doing a nice, touching, simple staging to the song is probably all you could have done with this. You could have maybe done the underwater theme a little bit more. Mm. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think maybe also the fact... I mean, Duncan's not the most experienced artist out there. He'll still nail it, but you know he hasn't had 20 years in the business. He's done like The Voice before. That's kind of it. And maybe that kind of inexperience isn't coming through in a staging concept. Yeah, I feel he's run to the comfortable place. Yes. And that comfortable place is behind a barrier, and that is the piano. So how are you going to get people to connect with you? Yes, and and I think that is... It's almost like his crutch, and we've already seen that in the video. No, No. Um, but I feel like they've run to a safe place here in Netherlands, and you should have maybe gone out and taken a risk, perhaps. Okay. We'll see, we'll see. Okay, all right, cool. All right, well, look, we're not overwhelmed by the staging here, but we can see where they're going. Now, is this going to win? Is this going to back up with the bookies' favourite? Um, I'm going to say no. 
as far as I know. I don't think this is doing a Francesco Gabani, but I can see it losing momentum, and I can see it losing momentum pretty quickly here. This is still top three for the sheer quality of the song, and it's not a bad staging. It's just not a winning staging, I feel. So I can see this being top three, and I think it's probably second or third at this point. I've always had my doubts about it. this is a Eurovision song. This screams a great jury song. I'm worrying about the televote appeal, and I wanted something in the staging that just felt like it was going to give me like all the feels, mm. and I don't think, from the sounds of it, we haven't seen it fully out yet, it's not giving me all the feels. So I think it might just fall a bit short, maybe a, a third place I'm kind of feeling for this song, which is a great effort. It's not going to be any comfort to the Dutch fans out there wanting that victory for the first time since 1975, but you know what? It's a bloody good effort, and it's a bloody good song, and it can still win. Exactly. Wouldn't completely write it off, but I can see the rest of the pack catching up to it right now. All right, well, let's talk about the rest of the pack. Next up, we have a big gun here. It's Russia, Sergei Lazarev with Scream. Okay, let's talk about Sergey first. I can talk about Sergey all day. 2016, you should all know him from the competition from You Are The Only One, where he climbed up on that amazing screen on stage, got him to third place, though he did win the telly vote, um, didn't do too well on the juries. He was internally selected, and Russia are back with a vengeance. They missed out in 2017 because of politics. They 2018, they just were not didn't qualify. They want this. They're chucking the money at it. They're going all out for it. Now, the song itself, uh, it's a bit of a kind of building power ballad. It's not going to set your, your house on fire when you first listen to it. But when you put some good studio with it, I reckon there's something there. And if we look at what's happening at so far, what we've seen in Tel Aviv, they've certainly brought a very kind of big staging, a lot of technical aspects to it without going, I think, overblown with it. Uh, I think it's certainly going to be quite eye-catching with the staging. What do you think about the entry? What do you think about the staging, Michael? Um, I mean, I'm loving Sergey coming back. We always wanted Sergey to come back. I always felt he was somewhat harshly treated back in 2016. This is a complete antithesis of You're the Only One. This is the jury song. This gives him an opportunity to show off his voice. Um, he doesn't have to jump up walls and do seven different things in the staging, which he had to do. Well, that was amazing. In 20, it was amazing. It was probably a little bit too overcooked. Mm. Um, they've gone the different route this time, Russia, and I think it might come up for them really well here. This looks good. It's, it, there's some technology used. It's a very slick concept. I don't think they've overblown it like they did in 2016. Um, having said that, I'm not entirely sure about the narrative of this song and whether they're getting it across. Mm. And every winner kind of needs to tell a story. Uh, you can't lose that sort of aspect. And I'm not really sure this is anything more than a slick, good production. Um uh, can I just jump in there? I think fun. there is, from what we've seen the staging, there's a telling a story about Sergei because, you know, slight spoiler, there's a couple of Sergeys involved. There is. 
And I think it's telling some emotional story with that. It is. It's about internal struggle, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Rather, rather than external now, sort of forces. It's not the most amazing story in the world, but mm-hmm. there is some kind of narrative there. It's really groundbreaking, though. <laughs> well, look, what narrative did Toyla have last year? Come on. Um, look. In reality. Look, I will just quickly say, at least the toy narrative was about other people. This narrative is about him. So it's a bit self-indulgent. Do you think? A little. Bit. Okay. I think we're bordering on that. Um, I'm going to say, is it enough for Russia? And ultimately, is their concept better than Netherlands right now? I actually think it is. I think their concept is better than Netherlands. I think um, I, I think Netherlands have a better song. Russia has a better staging. I think they've definitely got a, a, a better chance of getting good votes with the jury. But I'm a bit worried it has lost a little televote appeal compared to what they did in 2016. Quite mm-hmm. a lot, I would say. Um, he His vocal does sound amazing in this. Like, he isn't as strong as some of the other singers, but they've made his voice sound really quite effortlessly powerful when I don't think it is actually that powerful. So that's been a nice little... They've done the right song for him. I I definitely think this is a much bigger jury winner than 2016. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was his Achilles heels back in 2016. It was the jury vote. So I think they've sorted that out. I really think this has got tally vote. I really think this has got jury vote. This is definitely in the running. Definitely in the running. Okay, well, come on, let's make a bit of a call here. What do you think? Where's this going to come? I think this is top three again. Um, I'm saying this is probably second or third. Yeah, I, I am so, so torn on this. I did put 50 bucks on him to win earlier in the week. I'm kind of now, I think he's going to... No, I'm going to go with it. Russia is going to win. Oh. We're off to Sochi. 2020. I think they're going to sneak it through. I think they've got just enough, but it's going to be bloody close, and I'm going to tell you who's going to almost get them very soon. Mm, You're right. Look, it is a very close race. Let's go on to the next one, Dale. This is definitely a contender. We're going to talk Sweden. Yes, Sweden. We've got John Ludwig with Too Late for Love. Okay, um, John Ludwig, he's um, won the Swedish national final this year, Melody Festival, and in an absolute cancer in what was a very tough competition. Mm. He got 12 points from every international jury member, which says a great deal there, actually, and he won it really quite comfortably. So he's been up there in the running for some time. Can I say, for people who know, uh, Loreen did not win by the margin. He won and get all the jury votes. Uh, uh, heroes, heroes by Mons did not get all that. So he is... He's already well ahead of some of the... The numbers are saying here, but, and I think the reason people are holding back here is because there does feel like there is a bit of Sweden fatigue. It feels that we saw that in the televote last year. Sweden was finished in the like bottom five for televote, which was unheard of before. So it, people are a bit concerned about it. Does it feel like it has the passion? I think it's, this song has more passion than Sweden's had in years, probably since Hero, uh, Heroes. Sorry. Um, I think... It has a gospel choir element to it, a really powerful 
um, message that really matters to John Ludwig. He's a singer-songwriter. You can tell he's written this, and this matters to him. And it really comes out in the performance, and his backing singers are almost as big stars as he is Absolutely. in the performance. And the staging is ex pretty much exactly like it was in Sweden, except they've just tightened it up a, a bit for the Tel Aviv stage, used a couple of different colours, and it seems to be more effective from what we're hearing. Where some others are perhaps looking for niche markets, this one has the total mass appeal. I think this could be really, really big with the mum and dad voters out there. It, it's not the most groundbreaking package we've ever seen. In fact, it's kind of like an expensive egg factor performance, really. Mm. But there's a certain familiarity with that yes. that people are used to voting for. So I can see this having big, big, massive appeal. And it's a very, very pleasing song. I said uh, prior to the contest, out of the 41 songs, this is my favourite. I mm. never bore listening to this song. There's something so feel-good about this. There's yeah. something so... Yeah. hits you immediately. You don't need to look for something in this song. It tells you. It gives it to you straight away. So it's, it's a really good entry from Sweden here. And what's working for Sweden is other songs are quite not delivering on things like staging. Mm -hmm. And the songs that were a little bit lacking and needed a big staging like Russia aren't quite delivering what we expected. They're kind of the safety net. Like, a break the emergency glass and you want your Eurovision winner that's just going to do what you want it to do. Tick the boxes. This is that. And I think the juries are going to go for it. I'm a little worried about the televote, but I think the mums and dads appeal should be really good. And I think this has every chance of taking out the competition. I see what you mean about the whole break the glass. If you don't want to vote for Russia, you're going to vote for Sweden. Yeah. There you go. Safe. If you, if you don't want to vote for Australia, you might vote for Sweden. It's great. All right. So where do we think this is? Uh, where do you think this is at at the moment? Where are we? Uh... Well, look, I think this to me is my neck and neck with Russia. And when I was kind of, you know, worrying before, are we going to Sochi or are we going to Gothenburg? I think... It, the little bit, it just feels a little bit safe for me to take out that win. Um, but at the same time, I'm so torn. I think it's either Russia or Sweden. Um, and I'll be putting a bet on Sweden <laughs> there before the night's All right. over. <laughs> All right. This is, this is so polished. It, it can't be ignored. It is so good. As far as winner vibes or whatever, I think it does lack a narrative. However, there is a narrative about people of colour. And John needs to overcome. Mm. We haven't had a solo performer, a person of colour, to ever win. And yep. we're in 2019 now. Yep. So maybe it's about bloody time we have. That would be an amazing story. But it's also a barrier for him to overcome. Exactly. I mean, there's been some amazing performers who haven't done, who hasn't got, haven't got there. We've only had one winner as a duo for Estonia back in the early 2000s. So... That's history on your shoulders there, and that's a hard thing to overcome. I'd love to see it happen. All right, let's move on to Italy, Michael. Okay, let's talk about Mahmoud and Soli. <laughs> Well, the winner of Sanremo, the music festival, which also acts as the Italian selection. Uh, he's an Italian-Egyptian uh, performer from Milan, but his win did stir up some controversy in Italy. Some of the more, uh, shall we say, far-right <laughs> politicians yeah. brought, to his, their brought it to everyone's attention. They didn't think he was perhaps Italian enough to Ugh. win. I mean, we're seeing this sort of ugliness rear its head all over Europe and the world. Um, to be honest, turn that around, this becomes a narrative, 
this actually becomes a positive for him, but we'll get back to that later. But the song itself, this is modern European R&B. This is very radio. It's not English uh, in lyrics, but I still think you can still get the narrative here. It's about a strained relationship with your father. That's a universal message. He's a pretty cool cat. Yeah, I think he'll come across well on the camera. I think this is this is looking good for Italy. He's he's got swagger. He's one of the coolest performers at Eurovision. Again, not saying much, but like it really comes across on stage. And they've done a great job in their staging of telling the story of what the song's about. Because if you've got a foreign language song, it is hard sometimes to get that story across. They did it pretty good last year, and they've done it again this year. People aren't loving the staging. I don't know what you were going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've, the main thing they had to do is get the message across, and I think they've done that, and I think that's going to be helpful. Yeah, I agree. The conveying of the message. The Italians are never afraid to put the lyrics in the back of the screen. No. Why not? It works. <laughs> it works. But it is. It's a simple, dark, and sort of brooding presentation. Yeah. But that represents the song really, really truly. And I think I think this really has cut through, and I think this has got cut through on the Western and the Eastern side of Europe. So I think this is ticking a lot of boxes. I think jury should be pretty good. Well, what the one thing that Italian acts have really struggled with has been the jury. I think the televote has always been a big winner for them and the jury not so much. Now, this song did poorly with the televote in the Italian um, selection process and did really well with the jury. And I think this is going to happen the opposite for them this year at Eurovision than it normally does. I think they're going to get a good jury score with this. This is contemporary European, amazing sort of like R&B, hip-hop, um, song. Well, on the televote side, this is not going to appeal to everyone. It's not going to have that traditional Italian sounding, Ooh. what everyone wants to hear. So I think there's going to be the flip around, and I think that televote is weirdly for Italy going to kill them. I can't say I agree, agree there, Dale. I think the jury's going to be strong for this, but I think the televote's really going to get this. No. Um, I, th- I feel the uh, Eurovision audience is getting younger and younger, and this is something that can really cut through. So let's talk about predictions. Mm. Look, I know this is one of the front runners, but unfortunately I think some of the others have sprinted ahead of it a little bit. I can see this falling in the fifth to eighth pocket. Wow. But it's still a very, very good entry. Uh, Look, I'm thinking fourth or fifth. I think it's outside the top three, unfortunately. I love this song. I'd love to see it go higher. If it wins, I'll be bloody happy. It's a cracking song. It's probably the best song in the competition. But unfortunately, the best song doesn't always win. Uh, So I think he's going to have a great result, another good result for Italy, but not make the top three, unfortunately. We'll see, we'll see. All right, well, look, that's the end of the contenders for us for this episode. The next episode is going to be all about the dark horses, the little roughies that might have a shot at the crown or at least a really good um, position. There might be a certain song from the uh, Southern Hemisphere coming up in that one, so you might want to listen. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. All right, see you later.